0: This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley.
1: Arkansas wins the
2: National Championship!
0: Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
2: Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown!
3: How was the holiday? Was it chill? Was it crazy? Uh, Do you need a recovery from vacation, or are you ready to go? tis the season it was it uh, it was pretty cool Kristen, anything go on anything
2: it was a pretty chill christmas i mean got everything i could have ever wanted and
3: now we're back ready to roll lies lies about everything you could have ever wanted um i don't know if anybody really does get everything they ever wanted matt sounds like you just kind of hung around I went and
0: saw the folks for a little bit, and uh, yeah, then came back to the house and and really didn't do much for for a day or day or so. And uh, man, I feel great, man! It's uh, it's good. Uh, what, what is this? Three more days in, in in the rest of this year for for this year. So I, I'm ready to go.
3: Yeah, three more after today. That's right. Um, I had to put a little effort into this uh, into the holiday, and and the effort was really travel. It was easy travel, uh, going out of uh, Little Rock Airport up here to Kalamazoo michigan Mm. uh actually in matawan michigan which is a suburb of lovely kalamazoo visiting my sister her family my parents have made the trip from pittsburgh as well and uh it's been nice up here you know we supposed to come up here a year ago uh but there was a blizzard and i've seen the photos of uh, their backyard from a year ago you couldn't see any grass it was basically a foot and a half of snow today here in 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 michigan and it's southwest michigan you're close enough to the lake where you get some of that lake effect and i'm talking lake michigan um it is 53 degrees there's not a cloud in the sky and any snow that is still in the ground is from five weeks ago and just hasn't quite melted all the way yet so <laughs> it's not how i understand michigan this time of the year uh we had a really we we've had a great time so far and i've i've, I've found a wake you always got to find a place in a and a way to do the show, you found that the other day at your parents' house, right, Matt? On Friday, what was the room you did the show from? Because it, it pops the it kinda... office. Yeah. All right, I'm in my nephew's bedroom. There you go. My nephew Dylan. This is the bed that I get to sleep on. Well, he's it's actually a pretty comfortable bed. Um, he's not at the age where I've got to start looking under the um, under the the mattress to see whatever magazines are in there. But yeah, what kid is reading magazines nowadays anyway? Uh, and, yeah, this is uh, this is, is kind of like the hotel rooms that I'll do the show from so often. And I think you would like it in here, Matt, because he's got, let's see, we've got an Allen Iverson poster up here. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a... Uh, Galactico. This, this is an 11-year-old. And then there's Giannis. Um, he's got lots of soccer books. If you are going to pick one sport, that this kid likes more than anything else. It's your favorite sport, Matt. It yeah, is. who's
0: the squad? Is he? Is he like Barcelona, Madrid, oh, or is no? He like it's a one Man of the city e, guy? it's
3: One of the EPL teams. I can't remember which one it was. Arsenal, that he got a, probably
0: Chelsea, Man City. It was a. Bl-
3: it's a blue jersey that his Man parents City got or Chelsea. Of, it's a blue jersey. I'll have to maybe have to, Everton. I, I, all I've got to do and is open this door and yeah. shout down to him and ask, right? But I don't know if that would actually uh, work on a day where we're we're gonna we're gonna let them do their thing downstairs. I picked what I thought might be the quietest room, and that's pretty much because the kids won't be around here.
0: Did you? But, uh, did, I was no. gonna say, did you get to watch any hoop on on Christmas Day, man? That there were some people putting on a show. That that Jalen Brunson just keeps getting better. I think Giannis and Dane both went for thirty-two. Luca had fifty. Uh, every every starter for the Celtics was in double digits, and then Jokic just keeps doing his thing. I mean, is there is he the best basketball player in the world right now? Like, is, it, is that easy enough to say that he's probably the best basketball player in the world?
3: I didn't watch a single NBA game on Christmas Day. I watched more NFL on Christmas. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that you had three NFL games. Um, I wonder if that'll turn into a thing. You know, you had the Monday night game, which would have been a usual Monday night, but then you threw in a couple more games. That uh, <laughs> was pretty entertaining. Uh, what did we see Monday? We saw the Chiefs pretty much do their best imitation of the Keystone Cops. That did not look like a uh, like a defending Super Bowl champion. Uh-uh. Or a team that's going to be able to pull off uh, any road wins in the playoffs, because that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, we saw, I think, maybe the end of the fairy tale of Tommy Cutlets for the Giants. DeVito was benched after uh, a miserable first half, and Tyrod Taylor nearly brought the Giants back. And then the, the highlight was a complete dismantling of the 49ers by Baltimore in San Francisco. And it leaves me wondering, who is the real favorite right now uh, for, uh, to be the NFL champion? Because it's felt like it's been the Niners recently. And if that was a tight game, you know, maybe you'd, you'd think the same way. Are you starting to lean towards Baltimore? Because right now, head and shoulders, they look like the best in the AFC. They'll have home field advantage, I think, uh, throughout the playoffs. But uh, if you're the Niners, I mean, a home game—you played well at home, and and it's not that they rolled over or anything. It's just Baltimore was that much better on Monday night.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's Philly, the 49ers, and Dallas, in whatever order you want to put them in, as far as your teams in the NFC. Philly and 49ers probably up there. I, you know, you kind of hurt. hurt. Jalen Hurts has been hurt, so you've kind of see him digress a little bit. But if he can get healthy, there's so much talent on that Philly team um but then in the afc miami baltimore and buffalo i would put kc at four because of just what you said the keystones cops routine i, I don't know that uh KC's going to be able to go on the road i know i mean patrick mahomes still the best quarterback in the game uh but i would um, that baltimore defense is for real
3: baltimore defense is for real and so is lamar uh, oh my goodness
0: right <laughs> like he's just so fun to watch is he he's just like it just a joy to watch
3: he re- he really is, and I wonder are you are you buying the Cleveland Browns and Joe the Flacco. comeback story of Joe freaking Flacco? You know, and it's kind of interesting when you look at this that the, he, no matter what happens this season, and who knows, Flacco's playing great. He's not just a game manager right now. I mean, he really is. He's playing great, and they have a defense that they could that they could you know potentially ride to maybe an AFC Championship game against Baltimore, but. um, I mean, Cleveland's got their franchise basically committed to Deshaun Watson. There's nothing they can do about that. And I just can't imagine Flacco sticking around for uh, another year after this. Um, But it's kind of shocking to see, what is he, the fourth different quarterback to start a game for Cleveland? And yet he's playing... He's even doing things he didn't do in Baltimore. Um so that that, that was that was a lot of fun to watch too. Kind of has that um, Vinny Testaverdi
0: feel. You remember when uh <laughs> with,
3: with years, Dallas.
0: Yeah, when years ago they, they they had to call Vinny off the streets and it kind of feels like that. You know, Joe's Joe's his agent and all that stuff. You can tell he was probably working out a little bit, but there's nothing that that it represents going to meetings and going to the office every day and playing games. So it's it's kind of cool to to see what he's he's been able to do
3: yeah I mean a guy that obviously hasn't forgotten how to play the position and and yeah, there's no way you're just let's say they signed him off the couch, right I mean, if you're a quarterback and you know the sport well and you know the professional sport really well, you know that by the middle of the season late in the season, your phone very well could ring you got to stay ready of you know some sort of being ready for it
0: if uh, if the 49ers would have made it to the super Bowl last year the the thing was they were calling Philip Rivers for those two weeks to right. to, to go out there because what were they down to their second or third string quarterback yeah.
3: Well, and then I watched. I went to a bowl game yesterday at the Lions Stadium in Detroit, a couple hours away from here, the Quick Lane Bowl, and I watched Minnesota win, uh, starting a quarterback who had thrown one pass all year long, and had told his fiance a fifth year. He was a fifth year senior, Cole Kramer. Guy, had, you know, really not played much over five years. A couple years ago, a little bit more. Last year, not so much. This year, hardly any until their bowl game. And remember, Minnesota only gets in because of their grades. I think they were the one 5 and 7 team to make it to the college football uh, postseason. But uh, this Kramer apparently was engaged, ready to move to Arizona, start his life, and, uh, and told his fiance, Hold on a moment, just give me another three weeks. You go ahead and plan the wedding. And then I think he made a request to PJ Fleck for a certain amount of money uh, in the five figures, got what he asked for. Nice. And then, and then basically just sort of took the snap hands the ball off, and I, I tell you, Minnesota has a running back, Darius Taylor, that looks like he could play for a lot of teams. 208 yards, he was shifty, and um, that was a fun game. It's actually a really good football game. Minnesota won 30-24, to 24, and hey, we were sitting in the Galacto seats. We had 50-yard tw- line seats, 20 yards up, and we were sitting amongst, I was there with my brother-in-law, my son, and and my nephew. The same nephew who I'm stealing his bedroom to do the radio show here uh, calvin johnson was the honorary captain yeah. for the quick lane bowl we happen to be sitting amongst a whole bunch of employees who work for him, and then he comes over to say hi to them two rows in front of us. Dude looks like he could still play, Matt. He did the My Barry gosh. Sanders. He, he yes, left he early.
0: I mean, both of those guys had two or three, four years left in them, and, and they both walked away from the game. He's a Hall of Famer, man. He's one of the best. Megatron, he's one of the best. What, what a cool nickname,
3: too. No kidding. No kidding. And he's got an interesting company that all these people uh, work for. It's called it's Primitive Performance Cannabis. At, at Michigan I mean here in Michigan half the billboards are for cannabis stores literally I mean I was we did the 2 hour drive yesterday half the half the billboards are cannabis stores and he owns a big company um and it looks to me like it's actually like cannabis sort of Gatorade together in one this is an interesting idea isn't it Ring in the New Year in style
2: at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas. They have something for everyone. The Grand New Year's Eve Buffet is served in the Venetian dining rooms. The festival party with live music by the Parker Francis Band, cash bars, and a champagne toast. And the 99th New Year's Eve Gala features live music from Stardust Big Band, a five-course gourmet dinner with wine, and more. Room packages are available. Go to arlingtonhotel.com forward slash NYE 2023 or call 501-623-7777.
3: Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit, ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. So it seems there's going to be an opening on Sam Pittman's coaching staff for wide receiver coach. I know the last time... Coach Pittman spoke to the media. He said he didn't expect any other coaching moves, but I know in the back of his mind he thought there could be a chance that another opening could occur, and it seems it has, although I don't think Wisconsin has made anything official yet. The writing's right there on the wall. Luke Fickle and Kenny Guyton played together at Ohio State, and looks like that's where he's going to be headed over to Wisconsin. So, um, you know, the rumors are all there uh, that you got Garrick McGee potentially uh, to come over to Arkansas. I don't know. I think he's still at Louisville, uh, where he worked for Bobby Petrino previously. So that'll be interesting if you... I know I've read some people say, get the gang all back together again, because when Petrino was the head coach, had Garrick is his OC, and things seemed to work pretty well. Uh, but that is the... I guess that'll be... I don't know if that'll be the last opening. Who knows? Uh, but that's the opening you got right now, and Guess we're just waiting to hear uh, Wisconsin make it official Matt.
0: yeah man congrats to to coach Kenny G. Uh, I bet it was a, a wild deer up there on the hill you know the no just, it was especially
3: for him right
0: yeah, expectations uh, then how everything kind of turned out and then you, you lose your OC I, I know uh I, you know I've asked a couple coaches before you know how many times have you had to let go of your OC in in, in in a season and that's that's such an anomaly that that really doesn't happen that much and and I thought he handled it well. I thought the players really liked him. You could see that celebration down there in Florida. Yeah. Uh, he 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 re, he he knows how to relate to these kids, and that's that's half the battle uh, is getting them feeling good and relating and and uh, knowing how to speak their language. And so I think he'll have success wherever he ends up
3: um i you know i know he, he he recruited fairly well lost out on crutchfield you know i don't know if they, you, you put that on guyton or anything else but i know he was the lead recruiter for uh i, I for think Courtney you, crutchfield i think it goes down to
0: winning on that phil i i think you look at this razorback offense in conference play up there in fayetteville what what the the first team offense the last three conference game had one touchdown you know i think it was hard for him to look and and i think winning helps you know i think if you're you're looking at us, and and we could have went nine and three or eight and four. Then I think we would have got them. But when you go one and seven in conference play, it's it's tough.
3: I just wonder about the development of the of the wide receivers in the last really three years. Like, you talk about the term homegrown, somebody that signed with Arkansas out of high school, and and outside of Traylon Burks, who's the who's the last homegrown Razorback wide receiver to really make an impact? You know, I mean, we're we're still waiting on Isaiah Satania. I mean, it's only two years in. There's still time for him to make a big impact. Bryce Stevens didn't work out. Jaden Wilson a little bit this year, here and there. Keitron Jackson didn't work out. Bakke didn't. Uh, so I, I do wonder a little bit about the development of, of the younger wide receivers. While Guyton's been the wide receiver coach, I mean, Hazelwood got better the year that he was here at Arkansas. Matt Landers got better the one year he was here at Arkansas. You like Andrew Armstrong. Um, I wonder about about, not Satania, about Tesla next year. So um, I would like to see, Matt, the the younger, more homegrown receivers to develop more uh, rather than look, it's part of the sport. You know you're going to have to go into the warp zone to get guys. It's just the last two years, your top four receivers have been transfers, and you're still waiting for somebody to kind of develop that's already been on your roster.
0: I think Satania's going to, ha- he'll have his best year next year. I think Armstrong's only going to continue to get better. He's a he's a one-on-one guy. You know, you can he's your, a natural X where if you see him manned up, you can just go to him. Uh, I, I think Armstrong. and then Tesla, I think he should be, you, you, gotta, you gotta do what he can do well. That's red zone stuff. That's, that's mm-hmm. quick game. Get him the ball quick because he has such good hands. He's not really a deep threat like that. He, he's not really going to run by you. So you, you got to kind of move him down into the slot, uh, being able to match him up on safeties and linebackers where, where that gives him the, his best chance to win.
3: Well, who knows who's going to come in, you know, still. You're, you're still looking for guys in, in the warp zone as far as, I think, wide receivers go. I know Sam said he's still like to get a couple of offensive linemen. I just wonder how many linemen right now are, are in the warp zone that, you know, you really feel will make an impact for you. But there, there's definitely a wide receiver out there, and he's got a connection to Bobby Petrino. So if Evan Stewart wants to come to Arkansas, um, right there, Matt, is your number one receiver.
0: Yeah. If you're a receiver out there, uh, there, there's two places I'd want to go play. That's the Kansas City Chiefs or the Arkansas Razorbacks. You know, if, if you're an NFL guy, man, I'd be looking at, at going to the Chiefs. And if you're a, if you're a high school kid or a warp zone kid and, and you have a relationship with Bobby Petrino and, uh, you know what his offense, I mean, just look at what his offense is, is the last decade. You know, you're going to throw it around the park and you know, you're going to get opportunities. He, he was somebody, and, and he's had success at putting people into the, in, into the league, and that's kind of the goal, right? Like you want to go develop your skills, compete, try to win a championship, and, and, and try to go to the next level.
3: Speaking of uh, the Aggies, down to 55 scholarship players. For How Texas fun is, is that, man? Get out
0: there and play both ways. <laughs> go, get, get some people out there returning punts. That's like high school, man. You, you had to kind of play both ways a lot of times. And so you get out there and, and go go have fun, man. Be an athlete. It's
3: that's pretty close to the number that Arkansas had in the Liberty Bowl last year.
0: It's it's like the, the DH rule. I so do not like the DH rule. I think everybody should hit. It's uh go let's go out there and be football players for a game and, and have fun with it, man. It's it's a reward. It, the, the, this is what the bowl games are now. They're an exhibition, they don't mean anything anything it's just no a, kidding it's a time to go out there and have fun and, and enjoy it and, and play this beautiful game
3: i mean so there's got to be a meaning to these games it's just nobody's quite sure what it is you know like in the case of um in the case of the kid who played for minnesota yesterday cole kramer it was it literally was a cap to his career this is someone who doesn't have any entertaining idea of going to play in the nfl or 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 canada or or any other football league each is going to go start his life so we got one last payday and then one last you know it really is only moment of glory i mean i say that and he threw he threw 14 passes and rushed three times his job was to not fumble the handoff that's cool though
0: he'll remember right? that forever
3: yeah no kidding yeah no kidding and he'll have a story to boot yeah, remember that time that our, all our quarterbacks transferred away and I had to ask $30,000 from our one, coach so I could I'm play? I'm 1-0. That's right. 1-0. <laughs> I know. I love it. And even, I mean, the Aggies are down to a third-string quarterback, uh, Jalen Henderson, although he's played more. I know he, he actually played well against LSU. Uh, 25 out of 35, almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, and a, one interception. I don't know if this is a, a way of, um, like Tennessee, Tennessee's getting a head start on next year uh matt once once they play uh what bowl game do they have uh, my notes they here. play
0: iowa don't they
3: that's it yeah they got iowa in the citrus bowl so joe milton is not playing for tennessee i guess he's down he's down in florida with them but i guess he's he's starting to prep for the nfl draft he won't play in the bowl game that means tennessee gets a head starter next year with their freshman quarterback nico Iamaleva, who we've heard bill king has talked about him quite a bit so you know, like Minnesota, what's Minnesota doing? They've got to go. They probably have to go into the warp zone for a quarterback. They've got Drake Lindsay coming to campus next year. So this, this, this quick lane bowl literally had nothing to do with next season at all, except maybe get P.J. Fleck a bonus for winning a bowl game. Uh, Tennessee, this is a jump start on next season because they have their future star quarterback making his first start uh, in this game. So I guess it's just different program to program right like i'm thinking about bowling green last night yesterday in the in the quick lane bowl that's their chance to beat a big 10 team and really put a cap on their season um i feel like for some of these mac teams and i think the mac has one one left the sec they've got every bowl team ready to go (laughs) it hasn't played just yet but for the aggies yeah this has nothing to do with next year at all they're totally turning over the coaching staff the guy who's, uh, who's their interim head coach is Elijah Robinson. He's gonna he's head, he's already headed to Syracuse as the defensive coordinator. You know, um, it's uh they're called Texas A and M. They'll have Aggies, uh, you know, on their on their uniform. They'll do all of the kind of fun things that we like to make fun of A and M for. But that's that's not Texas A and M's football team. That's Texas A and M's football team for today and today only. Not for the past three months. Not for the next year. So it's got to be different program to program. Still, the Aggies are favored. I think it was three, three and a half when I last looked on Bet Sarazen. So, I mean, they've they've had um, they've had a, they've had a, an exodus, man. I mean, did you see Walter Nolan committed to Ole Miss while we were uh, while we were gone for the last few days? The number one player in the 2022 incoming class, not just for A&M Matt, but for the country, signed Freshman? with Ole yeah. Miss. I think he played two years and he was good. He was good at A and M.
0: Oh, he's the number yeah. one uh, warp zone guy. Oh miss is whatever they've done evaluating talent and throwing the money. They they went out there, they're they're kinda what what are they doing? What A and M did like three years ago? They they're they're picking they're evaluating some guys and, and trying to build a squad.
3: I feel the difference like was with with A and M, they spent that money on incoming freshmen. Right. What Ole Miss is doing is they're spending money on guys that already have a track record. They're kind of like the the
0: muscle men of, of football. Like a muscle man goes out and get them, right?
3: That's a that's a good way to put it. I mean, Mus has sort of, I mean, an unofficial title of portal king, and I guess he has for years. But that's what everybody calls Kiffin now, and you know, for good reason. Even and it's all about looking at it on paper. That's like one of the things about football free agency in the NFL and whatever you're going to call what's going on with the Warp Zone, if you want to call it college football free agency, that's great. You win in the off season with free agency in the Warp Zone, that doesn't mean that you're, that doesn't really mean that you have the chemistry moving forward. But on paper, Ole Miss has a really scary looking roster. I mean, really scary looking roster to do the kind of things that Ole Miss football hasn't done in decades.
2: For your 50% welcome bonus
3: on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. It is a day, though, to celebrate Nolan Richardson. Today is his 82nd birthday. And, I mean, all you got to say is Nolan Richardson, and then you just kind of take it from there. Because, well, at least as far as basketball coaches go, he's the best ever to do it at Arkansas and uh, i don't feel it's it's not worth a conversation to be like oh who's the best coach in the history of of the of, of the athletic department um, nolan definitely if you were going to make a uh, if you're going to make a mount rushmore he he'd be up there and um, i know you know him really well clay and matt you played for him so 82nd birthday nolan richardson
1: yeah the i you know his birthday is always in basketball season right so I, you know his practices were always open and if, if you wanted to really have a enjoyable day, even if you weren't writing anything, just go watch the practices. And, uh, you know, he was an open book. And, and a lot of times after practice, he'd come over and sit beside me and just, we'd just talk a like lot old time. We had a lot of the same friends, you know, from our Tulsa days, you know, good friends like Ed Bechera and Uh, you know, he made his suits, you know, those silk suits. He was, fine clothier in, in, in Tulsa, but we we were sitting there, and he came by, and, and he says, ah, I can't talk today. I'm, I'm headed for my birthday dinner. Rose is taking me out, and I was like, well, what does Nolan Richardson do for his birthday? And he says, we go to Red Lobster, and when I, when I sit down, they start bringing stuff, and he says, I get some of everything.
3: <laughs> like a seafood charascarilla. That's
1: exactly right you know it's Sounds just like, like just keep time. bringing it a little bit of this a little bit of that and he says and, and of course they they enjoyed doing it and he just held court but I just like man what what a great birthday one of everything
0: yeah 82 uh one of my one of my favorite receivers uh, Jimmy Smith wore wore the number 82 so that, that's pretty cool but yeah being a freshman playing football and then going over to the basketball team and being around Nolan for a little bit uh can't say uh, enough good things about him you know I didn't know how how it would be received, you know? Can I go over there and play basketball and all that stuff? And Nolan's kind of like, man, if you can play, you can play. You know, I don't care who you are. You know, if you can, uh, if you can help this team win, then uh, we're we're gonna do, we'll find a spot for you.
1: Yeah, and, and you were one of those guys that us, I mean, could play all the spots and catch the ball on the open floor. Good hands. I mean, he 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 found found a way to utilize you, it's like Scott Van Pelt would say, useful. And, I mean, I heard him say the thing, same, same stuff like you know Marcus Monk.
0: Mm-hmm. Monk just, had some of the best hands.
1: Yeah, just just come play with the guys. Uh, you know, and and it was Matt. They y'all didn't really run set plays, so it was just it was just playing, right? Well, it you. Just,
0: we, we making scr- decisions. Yeah, you would scrimmage Clay. His practices were the best. I mean, you'd get up there, you'd warm up, you'd do your shots, you'd do your drills, and then it was we we're about to get it on. You are three teams of five, and we're scrimmaging. And then whenever there was a teaching moment, a coaching moment, he would he would teach and coach. But he he wants you to go out there and play. And and the the idea was these practices were harder with less breaks. You get out there to the game, uh, and and you are the more in shape team. That's that's a lot to be said about being the team that's in better shape.
1: Yeah, he told me. He says, he says, I always want to win the other team, and wind was W-I-N-D. And I was like, "What do you mean, coach?" He says, "He says you find out what they're like after you get them winded."
3: <laughs> well, in the winded, the, 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 you could see it in the opponent's eyes, yeah. though. By the end of the game, they they didn't want any part of it anymore. They wanted yeah. off that court. They were done.
1: I mean, the ninety-four, of those final four games, it was about the last ten minutes, and the, you know the Arizona and Duke both they both wilted. Under that pressure, and and you think, well, they're all they're all in shape, but you can't take your good players out to rest them because that's you're going to you're going to because Arkansas's bench was so good, um, and you know just like we're going to we're going to rest a little bit while well, Dillard make three threes in in a minute and a half while you're resting. <laughs> uh, but uh, happy birthday to coach!
3: I just love that. Uh, I mean, maybe, I forget what it where it was that he spoke about this, but. He's in so many halls of fame he 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 forgot which ones that he's inside. It's like <laughs> you've been inducted into uh into the Junior College Hall of Fame. I think that's the latest one. JUCO, NC, NJCAA. And um I mean now when he've been inducted when you're in the Naismith Hall of Fame and you're in the Coll- National College Basketball Hall of Fame, all the other halls of fame just sort of uh they're they're way below that. Now you got to I mean, take respect for it, of course. But all you got to say is Naismith Hall of Famer, right, Matt?
0: There, there's. I think he's the only coach. There might be one other Clay. You might know, but he's he's won a junior college national championship, a Division One national championship, and a Division Two national. Or was it? No, a I think it's an NIT. It was, no,
1: it was the NIT.
0: NIT. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was the NIT, and Mike Anderson was his point guard in that NIT championship. Uh, that was his, uh, you know, the. The University of Tulsa, you know, got him the NIT, and um, and I think they they had another year where they got to the finals of the junior college tournament, and uh, I might have gone thirty-seven and one or something like that, and then they went undefeated the next year. The the what was a cool moment? Um, I was talking to Greg Stewart. at um, – uh, they had beat Oklahoma at Lloyd Noble Center. And I was talking to him afterwards, and he's like, Oh, that was no fun. And I said, What? And he says, The referee, uh, his, I think his last name was DeBrow, D A B R O W. And he said, He handed me the ball in inbounds play, and he says, I'll, I'll see you guys next week. And he says, He says, it just ruined my day. And I said, Why? And he says, He said, The last two games we've lost. Uh, he refereed, and one of them was the National Junior College Championship. And then, uh, I think it was two years before that they lost a you know a game in junior college. But then they, and I was like, it must be something to re- remember the games that you've lost, and the, and there's only been two in three years. <laughs> uh, that but that that, that was uh, um, his his teams. At Tulsa and then, again, at Arkansas, we're just delightful to to watch practice. And everybody else just got the game. So I, I feel fortunate that I got to see all those practices.
3: You know, I mean, I, I grew up watching Big East basketball and, and really enjoyed that. But then I'd say Arkansas, was, outside of the Big East, Arkansas was one of the programs that I tried to pay attention to. And all my friends growing up in Pittsburgh, we, we loved basketball. We didn't have an NBA team. We we did love college basketball, and, and and that was a program that we all paid attention. You had to, you had to pay attention to, it. and that's why it's so good to see. Now now who knows what happens this season? I hope I hope if um, you know if Arkansas doesn't have the kind of year that we were hoping for, that it's just a one off blip. And I think there's you have the right coach to uh, that if it doesn't go well this season, then you feel pretty confident you'll you'll get a good roster together for the next year. Um, but that's what's so good about these last three years is I feel like Arkansas is back. Well, I don't know if I'd say back where it should be yet because I still remember them in the final four, three out of five years, and you're still waiting to get back there. And, you know, I mean, it's tough. It's very difficult to pull it off. He had some really good teams the last two years, and they lost to, well, eventual national champions each of the last two years. 877-377-6963 seven, 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 uh, If you've got uh, anything you want to remember with us about Nolan Richardson, who, of course you do. See every once in a while courtside at Arkansas basketball games. I Guess he was at the Duke game. I know that's the last one. Everybody else wearing white. Coach Richardson shows up wearing does he still, all black.
0: He still wear the cowboy boots.
1: Uh, he's got he's got his cowboy boots, and I I was it seemed like it was maybe a year ago. I was by his house. And he took me back there and showed, I mean, he's got like a hundred pair. And they're, they're not, I, I got uh, cowboy boots for Christmas this year. They, my cowboy boots weren't as fancy as his. I mean, it's like he's, uh, he's from El Paso and yeah. he's got all these Tony Llama boots. And that's what I got for Christmas. And that, that's one of the reasons he, he's spoken so highly of, of those, to, uh, I think it's Tony Lama. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's I the one. That. It is. I still yeah, remember. It is the in ke- El Paso? Yeah.
3: Keep in mind, I didn't have a pair of cowboy boots until two summers ago because I took my son to what I thought was a dude ranch, but it was sort of just like a, a, uh, like a city slicker's city dude Fire, ranch in a sense. Yeah. That's kind of what it was. Um, but I remember when the Travelers would play in El Paso. We stayed in a Best Western hotel that was right next door to the Tony Lama outlet. Um I I'm pretty sure it was Tony Lom. It was either that or Justin Boots. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, Tony Lom
1: was El Paso.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was on a particularly dusty stretch of Interstate 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which says something about says something if it's El Paso, Texas cuz I think that's the dustiest city I've ever been to in my life. I mean, you used to sit there at old Cohen Stadium, the old ballpark where the Diablos played, and you would look to the south, and you could look into Mexico, and you could see the dust storms building <laughs> as they made their way north. You were like, hold on a moment, we're going to try to play in that? Yeah, they did try to play in it, and it wasn't pretty.
1: Well, I can top that, and uh, I went through uh, on a fishing trip in Wyoming and a buddy and I, so we wanted to get something fast, so we we were in Laramie, it's about three blocks from the University of Wyoming campus, and we went through uh, a McDonald's drive through and it was dirt. It was a dirt parking lot in a McDonald's, <laughs>
3: and it was dusty. Well, if the dirt stayed together, it would be okay. At least, uh, hopefully, it's tamped down really tightly. Not enough water out there to make sure that happens. Um, yeah, we'll uh, take your phone calls, read your texts as we go throughout the show. On a McClarty Daniel Hotline, that's 877-377-6963. Nacho Average Wednesday today Joe's Grilling Cantina. So you get a dollar off all nachos, one dollar off all beers, draft or bottle. Make sure you try the new ballpark style pork nachos and the three cheese carnita nachos, also a dollar off. All day long today at Joe's Grilling Cantina. They're gonna have football on television. You're gonna have fun. That's at 3400 South 74th across from Harps and Fort Smith. Joesfortsmith.com, the website. Download the waiter app. You can order there. Halftime back to wrap up hour number two in just a moment.
2: It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock. Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings,
3: beer, wings,
2: sports, and your home for
3: any game. Roar! You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniel's Crown Salted Caramel, winter seasonal beers, eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. The the Russell Wilson thing is is interesting because you got a quarterback who's playing mostly well right now that is being benched for monetary purposes. And here's another thing that came across which is pretty interesting. Uh quarterback Jair Alexander has been placed on the suspended list by the Green Bay Packers because last week in Carolina, um he went out for the he went out for the the coin toss, I guess Green Bay this year has not they did not elect captains for the full season. They have captains for each game, three captains, and they're supposed to go out for the coin toss. Well Alexander went out for one for the coin toss, even though he was not a captain. <clears throat> he he he's the one who called the flip. He won the flip, got them the ball, even though I think he did make a mistake that the referee helped him with. And now they put him on the suspended list. <laughs> Uh, for uh, this is the first time I've I've heard somebody being, uh, being disciplined for trying to act like a captain. Although this is a little different than you know making some pregame speech. It's it's going out for a coin toss when he wasn't supposed to.
0: Yeah, that, that is kind of weird. Usually those roles are pretty. That's that's a, a new thing on me too, Phil. That usually those roles are defined early, early on. Mm-hmm. Uh no, almost in camp or right as soon as camp's over, you kinda kinda know the captain. So Green Bay, they have different captains for it's so maybe like who's ever having a good week of practice or whatever is what you say, they just do different okay. That's, yeah, that, I that's think they new. Have yeah. one
3: offensive captain, one defensive captain, one special teams. And and it can change week by week. But that's uh, that is a new one. That is a new one. I mean I've heard all sorts of reasons for a uh, professional athlete to be suspended, acting like a captain is not one of them.
1: Is is that from the team or the league? That's the team. The team did that. Okay. Well, there's got to be more to it, Phil. I mean, he, he's uh, maybe he's been uncaptain-like in other ways too.
3: He said, Alexander after the game said. Um, they, he was asked by media members why did he walk out with the captains. He said, "Quote, it's only suiting. I don't think coach knew I was from Charlotte." Unquote. So <laughs> he just, I'm from Charlotte. I'm home. I, I don't I care if he asked me.
1: I, I, want, I, I. Took a vote and it was one to zero. I'm a kid. <laughs> that's right. I'll tell and you, I have all the votes.
0: I, most most of those head coaches, they don't really care about your feelings. That's this is this just how it is.
3: <laughs> yeah, they don't seem to care where you're. If you're in the NFL, like if it's college football, I think sometimes it would be like, yeah, he's from here. We'll do something or whatever. Well, don't it, about it, that in the it
0: goes hand in hand, Phil. If you're doing things the right way, if you're if you've earned that right, then then you, mm-hmm. you don't just give it to somebody. They they got to go out there and earn it.
3: Hey, let's take a call from Joe in Northwest Arkansas. He has dialed on McClarty Daniel Hotline. Hey, Joe, how you doing?
4: I'm doing great. Uh, Matt, that was actually a good segue into my little story about Coach Richardson in terms of uh, the players' feelings. Uh, You know, I always enjoy hearing about Coach Richardson and thinking about excuse me, all of the great things he did for Razorback Basketball, and it's always great to honor him and give him all the respect we can, and um, I've never had the pleasure of speaking with him personally, but um, I did have one encounter uh, that made an impression on me, and that is, in the fall of 1987, I came up from Central Arkansas to go to school, and me and a couple of buddies went over to Barnhill just to watch um, the pickup games between the players. You know, in those days, they'd leave the doors open, so we went in, and We were about, I don't know, about halfway up on the the north side of Barnhill, and the only lights on in the arena were the the lights for the court, and the players were down there, you know, doing their pickup game. And something happened, and they got to jawing at each other and arguing, and that went on for about, you know, 15 or 20 seconds. But meanwhile, unbeknownst to us, Coach Richardson had walked in to Barnhill, and I think it was from his office. Uh, about halfway up on the west side, but he was standing behind us, and we didn't know it, and it was dark back there. And all of a sudden, this booming voice of God came down, and he <laughs> he told those players, you know, in no uncertain terms, get back to play and quit jawing at each other. And in the years to come, you when know, I would hear that story about Coach Richardson telling the players they better help the bear if they find him in a, a fight with the grizzly bear, I believed it because, you know, you, you encounter him in that situation and it made an impact. So I always enjoyed thinking about that and I appreciate what you guys were saying about Coach Richardson.
3: That's great. Joe, what, what was your – it sounds like you had, a, you know, a job there. What were you doing for the team?
4: Oh, no, no. I was – I just started school in the fall oh, of 87. Yeah. Yeah, we were just students.
3: An intimidating presence for sure. Size, stature, voice – and uh, level of accomplishments for sure.
4: Yeah, I, I knew instantly he was the real deal.
3: I'll bet. Well, I appreciate that uh, that memory, Joe. Thanks for calling in. Uh, it is it is uh, Nolan Richardson's 82nd birthday, so we're also celebrating uh, the greatest basketball coach in Arkansas history. Um, and if you got anything about that, it's eight seven seven three seven seven. Sixty nine, sixty
0: three. It's a happy birthday, coach. And and one of the things though is he followed a pretty legendary coach. Is that not yeah. right, Clay? Didn't he follow Eddie Sutton? Oh yeah. I mean he was. Uh, That's hard to do in itself. Yeah, and and
1: uh, until he got his own players, they they struggled, and and it was uh, it was it was very unfortunate um, that they had the basketball banquet after Eddie had taken the Kentucky job and. Nolan is the is at the basketball banquet. He's been hired, and Eddie wanted to speak, and he spoke and said, uh, "Coach, I've left you a Final Four team." Well, it wasn't a Final Four team. Oh. <laughs> no, it was uh, not a very good team. But that was uh, that was that was really really sad. The other thing, the the funniest story, uh, Nolan never told me. I, I was. Uh, going to Barnhill for something and, and uh, saw him, and he hollered at me. He goes, come here, I want to show you my new office. So we went up, and that office, actually when I was in college in 1972, there was the sports information director office. The, the basketball office was on the other end. Um, and so he took me into his new office, and in one corner there was a tanning bed. And he says, uh, he says Eddie left me this. So I don't think I really have any use for it. <laughs> it was a tanning bed.
3: <laughs> uh, I I would wonder, too, and I, I know I know He had for Kentucky, Great sense if, of humor. Great well, sense if a of co- humor. If a coach says to, you, if somebody says, well, "I'm leaving you a Final Four team," be like, "Well, why are you leaving then, Coach? Where, <laughs> why yeah. why would you leave a Final Four team?" Wouldn't seem to make too much sense.
1: Yeah, that um, group was referred to as the Bad Hands Hogs. Because they could not catch a pass, and to run Nolan's, you know, system or whatever, you better be able to catch the ball. Because they, they, you know, they, 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 got up and down the floor. They, but they just, they just didn't have good hands. And uh, but it, he got that sorted out pretty quickly. And I, um, I've always thought that the, the most important signing in Razorback basketball history was Ron Urey who was a McDonald's All-American from Memphis. And that just kind of, you know, opened the door for, you know, all kinds of great players like Todd Day and Lee Mayberry and and, – Oliver Miller. Yeah, and, you know, the – Those guys did have great hands. Mm -hmm.
0: Oliver Miller's hands were like baseball mitts out there, man. He could do whatever he wanted. Might
3: have thrown the greatest outlet pass in the history of the sport, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. With one hand, too.
0: With one hand.
1: I mean, and and it could be after a rebound, or it could be after a made basket. He'd take it, one foot would hit out of bounds, and then, boy, here it would come. And, um, And he had, I mean, it was pinpoint accuracy, and it was a bullet pass. It was a lot, of, a lot of baskets made, you know, two seconds after a made basket with, with uh, Big O getting the assist.
3: Um, do, are there many teams that play that style of basketball in college now? Chaka Smart kind
0: of does a little bit of that. You know, Huggy Bear, Bob Huggins kind of did a little bit of that. Um, those are the last two I can think. Muscleman kind of, ha- he wants to get up and he wants to get after you. It's just this team, I don't really think they can get after you like that.
1: Not very. You don't. Nobody's scoring after made baskets like like that team did. I mean, it just and um, and you, I mean, you got to have a big man that can throw. You know, can thread the needle like that. I mean, that's not an everyday happening that you have somebody that's that that good with the, the outlet pass. Um, I mean, I think Corliss was pretty good with it too, but not not like Big O. Um, the the Nolan Big O's story that I like the, the best was um, um, he, you know, they the used to let the fans in Barnhill, they would just uh, congregate outside the, the locker room and wait, you know, for autographs. And there might be, you know, t- two, three hundred fans there. And, you know, players would come out and sign autographs. Big O got a, 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 an ink pad with a, the, a stamp of the letter O. And he would come out and just just stamp everybody's thing with the big with just the one O. <laughs> Nolan put a stop to that. Says no, you're gonna sign him. You're gonna sign him. <laughs> can't, Pinto, can't have a rubber you're... stamp and stamp the, the the O.
3: Pinto's here in the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Let's take his call. I'm assuming Pinto, you're calling about Coach Richardson. How you doing?
5: I'm doing good, and I am calling about Coach Richardson. Um, back in the '80s, I delivered uh, on campus for the Big Brown Delivery Company, and I would go into Barn Hill and watch practices. And when the players would tell you that the games were easier than practice, they were absolutely right. I was scared sitting in the stands, listening to him, yelling at those guys, and at the same time, he's running the floor with them. You know, he and and in shape. He was up and down the floor with them, barking at them, and I can see where they would say games were much easier than than the the practices were. But well, then, want... hey, and then go
3: ahead. No, no, go ahead, Pinto. I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. Later on, I had
5: the privilege of delivering out to his ranch, and. He just, I would take packages to him out there. He was such a kind man. They had a sign on the front door, and it said, This home is for the people and animals that live in it. If that's a problem, you don't need to come in. Mm-hmm. And I was met at my truck by a great Dane that he had, and that thing was as big as me. His, that that dog's head was as big as a basketball, but he was friendly. But coach would uh, <laughs> coach had to reassure me that everything was okay because the dog would come up the steps into my truck with me, and I was just kind of standing there half paralyzed, you know. Because well, that thing probably weighed 180 pounds. It was huge. But I just coach, wanted to wish him happy birthday.
1: Coach Head. thanks Pinto. Pinto's right. He had he had. Uh... Talking birds, parrots, I mean, all kinds of animals out there. It was literally uh, everything you can imagine. He and Rose had animals, horses, everything. Chalk
3: up of, of Colton Nolan Richardson uh, having the ability to, uh, to train a 180-pound dog uh, up <laughs> yeah. to uh, one of the least surprising things I've heard on this show. Hey, you don't want to miss the Northwest Arkansas Boat and Outdoor Expo. It's coming up very soon, January 4th through the 7th at the Rogers Convention Center. You're going to learn from experts, test out all the latest equipment, and gain insight. It's going to take your outdoor adventure to new heights. Northwest Arkansas Boat and Expo is January 4th through the 7th at the Rogers Convention Center. Do not miss it. And stay with halftime. We'll come right back after the break. You're listening to the East Side
0: Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast at hitthatline.com.
2: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This
0: podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written
3: consent.